Welcome to the Makeshift Happen podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Daly, entrepreneur, life coach, and your no BS bestie, here to bring you all things mindset, manifestation, and personal development. This podcast is designed to help you expand your mind and up-level your life. So turn the volume up and roll the windows down if you're coming along for the ride. Let's go Makeshift Happen. Welcome back to the podcast, you guys. Today, I have a super special guest that I'm so excited to be here. I know this conversation is going to be wildly powerful. This one is for all of the women that listen to this podcast that are getting into their own sense of spirituality, starting to see all the angel numbers, the synchronicities happening in their lives. They're curious about the spirit realm. They want to feel more connected with their own sense of spirituality, whether it's to God, source, universe, angels, all of the things. So I know this episode is going to resonate with so many of you, and you are just going to be so amped to hear who this guest is. So I'm joined by Julie Jancis. Julie is a world-renowned angel expert on a mission to teach others how to connect with their angels and loved ones on the other side in order to make living heaven on earth. Yes. Let's get some snaps for that. Her gifts came to her when she started hearing from her father, actually a month before she even knew he had passed away. And she has since started her mission, the angel medium, and she connects people with their loved ones and angels by seeing and hearing the messages they have for them. Julie is the host of the number 10 spiritual podcast, Angels and Awakening, which receives over 1.3 million downloads a year in 70 plus countries around the world. Oh my gosh, we are so excited to have you in the house. Welcome to the show, Julie. How are you? Oh, good. And we have to update those numbers. I think we're up to 2.3 million downloads a year too now. It's just crazy how much it's compounded. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. So crazy. We're so excited to have you here. I can't wait to open up this conversation. And for some context, you know, my audience is really based, uh, young women, women in, you know, this kind of like middle phase of their lives, which is where we often find ourselves when we experience a spiritual awakening of some kind. And that portal is opened for us. And we start to feel more connected to the universe or the spirit realm, but we have so many questions and we're seeking these experiences where we can actually feel connected to something larger than ourselves. And so I know that your work helps people so much in this way, not only find comfort and peace in their lives with the hard things that they're moving through, but also just, you know, the really fun, exciting element of understanding that there is something else out there and being able to connect with that and receive those messages. A hundred percent. And isn't that always the case? Like you start awakening and you need a community around you because it can be very isolating at first when you're starting to see those number signs and you want to know what's going on more. But a lot of us, at least, I, I don't know. How about you, Sam? When you went through it, did you have a lot of people, supportive folks around you? Yeah, my experience was quite unique because like I mentioned to you, I was living in Spain for six years prior to you know our move back to the States just recently this year. And so I was kind of in this, this bubble, this environment where, you know, I was obviously with my partner and I had a few friends over there abroad, but I wasn't actually surrounded by everybody from my past in terms of people from high school and old friends and my parents and family members. So I feel like it almost gave me an advantage because I had this feeling of freedom of really like being whoever I wanted to be and stepping into that awakening and just really owning it because I didn't have the proximity of everybody in my life that had this old idea of who I was or you know how how I should be. So I think that was very freeing for me. But for sure, you know, there's always people that are like what are you doing or what are you talking about or like you know that that's just a coincidence or you know there's we I think we're always going to run into people that um aren't, aren't there yet, or they just don't get it, or maybe they haven't been opened to it yet. Um, so it was a practice for me of non-judgment 
for anybody that felt a certain way about the spiritual stuff or the rituals or the angel numbers or any of that and just not holding judgment on them either. Yes, holding space for them to be where they're at, a hundred percent. I love though that these communities have been formed because I came into my spiritual awakening in 2015, and there still wasn't that much out there locally or online to come into. So I had all these questions, and I didn't have anywhere to turn except to go inward and to have like a daily spiritual practice where I connected with my angels, and I would spend literally hours on end before my sessions for the day, channeling information in um, automatic writing. After my sessions, I would go in and I'd talk to my angels. What was that symbol that you showed me? What was this that you showed me over here? Help me understand this. And I'm grateful too for the experience that I had not having community around me because that one-on-one time with the angels really helped me bring it through not somebody else's perspective here on earth, but the angel's perspective of this is what you need to know. Um, And what I came to realize too is that we're not just beings with one spiritual gift. We have multiple, multiple dozens of different types of gifts. And one of mine is being a teacher. So I recorded everything that would come through and then I'd share it on the podcast or I would share it um, in my book or in teaching different folks. And um, that's so much fun too, teaching people the way to get to their intuition, teaching people the way to hear from their angels, teaching them how to just be able to go within and always have the answers that they need from connecting to their divine wisdom. Yeah, because I think there's a lot of, we, you know, we've always sort of felt maybe in our lives that there's certain people that have these gifts or these abilities, right? Like, you know, psychics or mediums of whatever kind, like, yes, okay, they can connect. And whether we believe in that or not, or used to believe in that or not is irrelevant. But we, I think there's this understanding of, oh, you know, there's certain chosen ones that get this ability to connect. And so what I love about your work is that, yes, you are very extremely gifted at channeling these messages um, and, and maybe do so in a way that's more natural and more clear for you because you've developed this gift over time, but you also teach regular, quote unquote, regular people, how to connect with the spirit realm and how to receive messages from their angels, which is, I think what we're all seeking. Like, I mean, if you are a spiritually curious person, that feels like the coolest thing to be able to receive messages from your angels. So I want to know, is this something that you've always had? Were you, did you feel that you were psychic as a child? When did this gift present itself? You know, we know that you started hearing from your dad before you actually knew that he had passed away. What is, what, give us some more context to that story. What, what was that actually like? Yeah. So when I um, say that I heard from my dad before he had passed, what people have to understand is that I'm from his first marriage and he was on his third marriage when he passed away. Um, I had caught him cheating on my mom over and over again, held a very strong moral bounds as a kid, tried to come back together again and again with him um, as an adult, but it just never seemed like our values never seemed to align. I loved his personality. We have so many similarities with our outgoing personalities. I loved his philosophy. He was just a deep thinker and we could have the best conversations. Um, But I didn't hold space in this life for him to just be who he needed to be. I needed him to fit into a box and he didn't fit into that box. So I kind of released the relationship. Um, And he passed August 5th, 2015. Immediately, 
as I'm brushing my daughter's hair every morning before school, I keep hearing this thought within my head and it says she needs a hairbrush like I used. She needs a hairbrush like I used. So here I am like combing my kiddo's hair, looking at the big old paddle brush, which is the only hairbrush I can ever remember using. And I start to think I'm crazy because this is the very first time in life where I am realizing that I am not my thoughts. I'm, I'm aware of my thoughts. I'm conscious of my thoughts. And so fast forward an entire month. This happens all month long as I'm combing my daughter's hair. And I start to get worried. I start to feel like, well, shit, you know, like if I tell my husband or I tell my mom, like I, I'm going to get locked up in a mental institution. Um, so I didn't. I kept it to myself. And a month later, I'm at work in a meeting and a family member keeps calling over and over again. So I take the call, find out he had passed and immediately out of my third eye, I get this vision. Um, Everybody sees or receives messages in different ways. I see very clearly, I hear very clearly. And so I get this vision of my dad brushing my hair as a little girl, and he's using a hairbrush I haven't thought about for over 20 years, this wooden um, handlebar with bores like bristles. And I hear it again. She needs a hairbrush like I used. And I know that that's my dad talking about my daughter's hair and it dawns on me, holy cow, they have the exact same hair, like texture. She needs a hairbrush like he used. And I didn't try to like, this wasn't conscious, Sam. It just blurted out of my mouth to my coworker in front of me. I go, my dad's been talking to me. And thank God this woman in front of me, Janie, was open to it because she goes, what? She's like, you got to figure this out. So she encourages me to like study with different people and I'm keeping her abreast of like what's happening the whole time. But I spent the next um, six months studying intensely with teachers on different coasts. And it was just really fascinating to come into it that way. Wow. Oh my God. I got goosebumps during that story because it's, I, I mean, every time, and I'm sure you experience this, you know, you have so many people in your community now that start to experience these types of spiritual connections, interactions, synchronicities that feel like magic on earth and it never gets old. Like it still gives me, it still gives me goosebumps to just oh, know yeah. How connected we are. It's so crazy. I love that story so much. So you go on this journey of then wanting to deepen and develop these gifts and really utilize them. What at the beginning, did you feel like you just want, you were so curious about it that you just wanted to learn more and see what would come through? At what point did you figure out like, oh, this is, you know, part of my purpose in the world. Like when did like all of that shift? Cause you're, this is kind of, you know, a huge, I mean, not kind of, it's, it is a huge part of your life and, and your business and everything that you do now. So how did that happen? I think the hardest part was even for a year before my dad had passed, um, I was about 33 when he died. And I remember that, that year before feeling so frustrated with myself because I had worked my way up. I, it was sink or swim for me as a kid. And I started working really hard in high school, worked really hard throughout college, built up a very strong career, very fast, was on a trajectory to be, um, you know, the CEO of the department one day, had a team underneath me, was making the money that I wanted to make, had the title I wanted to have in my young thirties. And I wasn't fulfilled whatsoever. Like, and I remember thinking to myself, this is not what I signed up for at all. Um, and yet not allowing myself to dream, even look at other possibilities, because 
I come from a family where you should just be grateful, right? Like you worked your way up to that point. You should be grateful you're where you're at. Who would give this up? You'd be crazy to give this up. And when my dad passed and I started doing energy healing training, it became very, very clear, very fast that this is what I was supposed to be doing. For example, I went through an energy healing program. And if anybody's ever done that, you know that you're really supposed to be silent throughout the practice. You're not supposed to be communicating. But I'm working on my very first volunteer and I keep seeing the same vision. I see this young man, high school age, on the other side, I keep seeing um, him like in this car. I keep seeing the car hit the tree. I keep seeing um, this client's spirit team, angels, loved ones on the other side. And so I kind of am this gentleman is on the energy healing table. I'm laying hands. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And I call my teacher over and I'm like, I'm seeing things, you know, like <laughs> there's information here and like it won't leave my consciousness. Can I talk? Can I tell him? So I start to tell him about the young man on the other side. I start to tell him about the car that I had seen. And he just has these tears streaming down his face because that was his friend who passed. He had been in the car as well. And he needed the messages that were delivered that day because this gentleman had had carried such a burden of guilt, right? Such a heavy energy of feeling like it was his fault for all of these years. And the soul on the other side needed to release him of that. So doing that work, being able to provide those messages, seeing his energy very palpably shift, felt the most complete, the most like fulfilling work I had ever done in my entire life. And something clicked within my head that said, I don't care if I have to completely take a step back in life and reduce my income and build myself back up. I can't go another day working in this career that I'm, I'm not going to spend the last, like rest of my life doing this. So what I ended up doing, I, I did have to keep the career for a little bit, but I was able to take on a part-time um, gig, doing about 20 hours a week with it. And in the other 20 hours a week, I started my own business, um, not knowing where God Universe Source would take this, just following the directives of the angels in front of me every step of the way, and just trusting that um, however God Universe Source needed to work through me, I just said, I'm an open vessel. Come in, do what you want to do, show me one step at a time, and I'll do it. I love that so much because I know there's so many women in this audience that resonate so deeply with that, that moment of realization of, I can't keep doing this. I know what my true passion is. I know what my, my calling is or what my purpose is, but holy shit, <laughs> this is going to require a lot of change, a lot of upheaval, a lot of bravery, a lot of uncertainty, and it is scary. It's so beautiful. It's like this, you know, paradox of being so excited and, and, you know, your heart bursts wide open of like, oh my gosh, I finally found the thing that really lights me up and feels incredible. But at the same time, on the other side of that coin is like everything that I thought that I knew and everything that I built is now I have to burn it all to the ground and start over. And what does that mean? And how is that going to affect every other area of my life? And I think that's such a representation of the journey of really trusting not only yourself, but also trusting the universe or God, whatever you believe in. Um, it's such a, yeah, it's, it's a testament to the journey of really surrendering to that experience and allowing thing, life to move through you and for the path to unfold in front of you. And I always say to my clients, you know, we're not, we're not going to be able to see the next steps until we start walking. And that's the scariest thing is we want to be able to see the whole road and the end destination before we even take the first step. And it's this blind faith of really saying, I'm going to take 
this step and the next step. And, you know, as I go, then before me will unfold what is meant to happen next. And I just have to trust that, that, that it will. A hundred percent. I always say, um, I always get this image. It's one of my signs and symbols with the angels. Remember the story of Hansel and Gretel, where they put like one breadcrumb at a time to find their way back through the forest. And, um, not like those breadcrumbs will disappear, but that's what it is. You get one nugget of information. You get one breadcrumb at a time. And we've just been so socialized, um, as a human collective to tune out our intuition from, from the time that we're young children, that we learn to stop listening to those callings within our heart. But as you really step back into this work, as you come into a higher vibration, I call oneness, uh, everybody calls it something different. As you start to listen to yourself again, you start to really feel called in certain directions. And when you listen to that and take action on it, to your point, Sam, you're so right. That's where things start to unfold. Because one other thing that the angels show me is unlike Hansel and Gretel in the forest, our breadcrumbs, imagine this long hallway, right? An infinite hallway. And between it are glass partitions, okay? And in each little sector of this hallway is a table with one piece of information for you. So you come upon the first nugget of information, the first crumb, the first, you know, piece. And this is where free will comes in. God says, here's the calling I'm placing upon your heart. Here's what I need you to do. It might be research. I need you to go research this over here. I need you to go make this phone call. I need you to go talk to this person. I need you to go listen to this podcast. Whatever it is, if you go do it, that is your free will saying, yes, God, I'm following. And as you follow the glass partition to the next piece of information raises and you're able to come into the next piece of information. Our society has gotten so used to binging information, having everything just quickly, um, how fast you know, we watch Instagram reels and TikTok videos that we want things now, but that's not how spiritual work works. And that's not how knowing your purpose, knowing yourself works. You have to take action on the one piece in front of you. And as you take that action step, the next piece is revealed. Mm, I love that visual too, of like, you can see that the hallway is long, but there's these glass partitions that need to be raised for you. You kind of have to, it's like a checkpoint. You've got to, you've got to say, yes, I'm available. I'm, I'm open. I'm listening. Okay. I'm going to take this. I'm going to move with it. And then it's like checkpoint. Okay. You move on to the next and you get the next piece after that. I love that so much. You have something Can I add one more piece here that the angels are saying to throw in? What happens is that when you want that last piece, you're like, no, God, universe, source, I just want to know the end piece. Where am I getting to? What's that final piece? You're saying no to what's in front of you. You're saying no to the present moment. You're saying no to taking action on the one piece that God has for you. And so I want people to know that that final bit of information, nobody gets it. Nobody gets that right away. You have to walk the hallway your entire life getting one piece at a time. Mm, yeah. Just reassurance that, you know, it's not, you're not going too slow. It's just, that's how the journey unfolds. That's the process that we have to move through. I love that. I want to talk about the oneness energy. Cause you speak about this quite a lot and you mentioned it a little bit. Um, and you said, everybody calls it something different and to my understanding. This is sort of like the frequency that we can tap into or the vibration that we can put ourselves at so that we can be open to receiving the miracles and divine downloads. But I want to get your, your description of oneness energy. What is it and how do we access it? How do we tap into it? 
Yeah. So it's interesting. I wrote the book and I published it at the end of 2021. Um, and the first like third of the book is walking you through how you get into oneness energy, how you hold it. Because the angels have said from the beginning that the way to connect with your loved ones on the other side, the way to connect with your angels, guides, spirit team, God, universe, source, in order to hear their messages for us, you have to be connected through the energy itself. And what I call oneness, I mean, is God, universe, source's energy. So I see God, universe, source, not as a person, but as um, almost like the ocean right? And that every single person's soul is a droplet in that ocean. But you hold the same element of water, right? H2O that the ocean does if you're a droplet. In the same way, your, your soul, my soul, everybody who's listening, their soul is oneness frequency. It is God universe sources frequency, the highest vibration that is. It's all that is. So if you come back into your soul's frequency, you're able then to connect with your intuition to a higher degree because you're tuning into the right frequency. It's kind of like, uh, remember old school radios where you would move mm -hmm. the dial and you'd hear like the um, but then you get to a station and you hear the person clearly. That's what it is. A lot of people are frustrated. I can't connect. I can't connect. I can't connect. But they're not in the right energy. Communication with the other side, angels, guides, and loved ones, is a telepathic communication. It comes through the energy. It moves through the energy because it is energy. And um, so after I wrote the book about six months later, I had an awesome guest on the show. You should totally interview her too. Her name is Dr. Julia Mossbridge. Maybe you've already seen her work. Um, she talks about how she studied time and love to get her doctorate and found the exact same thing scientifically. You cannot have this communication. You cannot come into a true space of unconditional love without being in the highest vibration that is. So you could call that oneness. I believe Eckhart Tolle calls it the now presence. Call it whatever you want. It's all that is. It's all yeah. That. Oh, I love that. I have goosebumps um, again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I, I'm just remembering my, you know, the, my own journey, reading the power of now, which is an incredible book, but it was, it's one of those ones where you have to really be ready to read it. And it's almost like it's, uh, the information is not anything that we don't already know, but it's just framed in this way that completely blows your consciousness wide open. And yeah. you're just like, wow, what is life? What is What is everything? There's nothing but now. Like it's, you know, one of those, like m those mind games that happens to your brain where you're like, whoa, I feel like I'm living in an alternate reality. Like it's really trippy when you, when you can like actually conceptualize what it means to be in the energy of oneness or the, you know, the, the universal law of one that we are all connected or that, you know, this is the only moment that exists and it's so crazy. It's so esoteric, but I love, I love, love, love that stuff. So you've mentioned angels, spirit guides, spirit team. I, I want to talk about this and help everybody understand what is the difference really between your angels and your spirit guides, or even maybe like archangels and things like that. What, how do we understand the, the difference between these things? Um, because I had a really interesting reading recently with a woman who channels spirit guides. And so it was a beautiful experience for me to be able to get to meet my spirit guides in, in a sense, they gave me their names. I was able to, you know, receive through her a visual of, of what they might look like. Um, but they were not really people. And so I think when, or they didn't, they didn't present in human form. They were kind of like these more energetic beings with different colors. And so for, for everybody that's listening, that's curious, can you explain what is the difference between angels, spirit guides, archangels, just what is happening there? 
Um, I can describe it from my point of view. And I'm going to describe because some people have a different point of view on this. And I'll share that too. So like I said, with the very first client that I worked with, what happens like when I'm reading someone, I'm looking at you, right? And behind your head in the shape of like a rainbow, half circle, um, is all of these beings, loved ones and angels that are there for you. Some archangels, guardian angels, groups of angels, all assigned to you for different purposes. Your loved ones have different purposes on your spirit team. Sometimes um, there was a person who worked in business while they were here and they know business really well. But on the other side, they're part of your spirit team, helping you start your business and get it going. Um, there's all different reasons that your loved ones are still a part of your life from the other side. So I call that half circle, that rainbow shape of beings, your spirit team, because they are always in tune with what is happening with you. They're always a hundred steps in front of you. They know what's coming for the rest of your life and they're directing you they're guiding you they're protecting you they're loving you they're helping you to unfold one step at a time when i tune into this group of beings i tune into angels and loved ones on the other side and i see them as guides in our life a lot of times um, when i'm teaching students in the angel reiki school that i run to teach mediumship angel messaging um, energy healing a lot of times so many people see angels as colorful beings that those colors, those balls of energy, that's how they perceive angels. Um, each one of your angels and loved ones does have a specific reason for working with you. They have a specific reason that angels were created, why they're here helping folks on earth. Um, they have certain symbols that they're all working with you to show you and i help you get to that point by the end of the book that i wrote to really help you see who all is on your spirit team what signs they're showing you so that you can work with them in your daily life and talk to them other folks that i have worked with that i hold in very very high regard say julie yes and there are also guides that are not loved ones or angels and i completely believe them and i love these folks and i think they're absolutely spot on i just personally that's not who comes through our our guides i really just see angels and loved ones um and what spirit says because i've asked them about this you know why don't we just all connect with everyone um they said it's actually based on why your soul is here so when i look at you two and i'm in a reading Sam over your shoulder you can see all of these orbs and it represents the souls that you're here to touch their lives in this lifetime you can't reach those souls Sam by trying to be somebody else you can only reach them by following your path by following your breadcrumb trail and as you're your true authentic self you impact the souls that you're here to touch in such a profound way with such ease because you're just getting to live your truth and so i have just kind of relaxed into it's okay for us to see things as different and this is the way that i see them yeah i love that explanation so much so so beautiful just to know you know, all the different types of beings that we have in our spirit teams that are here for specific purposes to help guide us and light the way. As long as we're, you know, being open to receive that energy, the more and more open I become to understanding that I do have this, this spirit team with me, the easier I find that my life gets, which is so miraculous because nothing changes other than what's happening in your head. And this is what I always tell people about spiritual concepts and beliefs to begin with, even, you know, choosing or not choosing to believe in God is I really don't think that it matters if we can 
pinpoint or figure out if it's fully truthful or if it's totally correct. The only thing that matters is that what we're choosing to believe in is making our life better in some way. And so if I can choose to tap into this belief system that I have this infinite guidance surrounding me at all times, my life gets easier because I feel more supported and I feel like every hurdle and every challenge is just a little bit easier because I can say, Hey, angels, guides, God, source universe, come through, help me help move me through this with ease. And it, it eases your mind and it settles your heart. And that experience then is just better than it would have been if you were stuck in fear or if you were stuck just thinking this is all up to me or I'm alone in this situation. So I love being able to spread this information to people of just, you know, if you can get yourself to a place of, of buying in and believing even just a little bit, just to see, you know, what is, what is the level of ease and comfort that may come through in your life through this understanding that you are guided and supported by your spirit team. Even if you, you know, you're not, you don't know who is who or what their names are, or, you know, that the triangles come from so-and-so and and the three, three, three comes from your grandpa or whatever. Even if you don't know all of the details, just knowing that it's there, just knowing that, that they are present and that they're with you will invite so much peace, I think, into, into your life. What about for people that maybe haven't lost super close loved ones and they're like wondering, do, do I have anybody? Like, do I have a team? Because like, I don't know, like, I don't have a lot of dead people in my life, which is a blessing, but you know, like, what about people that are concerned? Do I have a team? Do we all have a team? Yeah. So our brains have a very, very hard time wrapping around the concept of no time, right? On the, in heaven, the other side, as a soul, there is no time. And when you really start to go into what that means, you identify that we all do live multiple different lifetimes in various different worlds. And we have a much larger soul family that we have lived with. Let's just take a number random, say a thousand. We've lived a thousand lives. So what we have like a hundred soul children on the other side you can't bring through a hundred souls in this lifetime um you have grandparents great grandparents siblings um other parents that you have lived with all on the other side who love you who could not all come through in this lifetime i think that that's where maybe myself and other people are saying the same thing just in a different way those folks are guiding your life and you could call them guides you could all just also call them loved ones on the other side um yeah it's it's just us kind of talking about it in different ways that's so cool i've never thought about it that way because the way that i've understood spirit guides is that they're assigned to you at birth so it's kind of like this this energetic being that's with you for this entire lifetime but perhaps they are just loved ones from past lives yeah. you know maybe it's you know just beings that already exist on the other side from a version of your soul that you know you you don't have all the knowledge of at this point but yeah that's very cool i've never thought about it in that way so i love that if you do cool. some simple math on that, like let's say you've lived a thousand lifetimes, you've got about 30 family family members, cousins, aunt and uncles, all these folks, 30 times a thousand, 30,000, you know, folks on the other side caring about you, monitoring wow. you lifetime. Wow. That feels so cool. That feels so intense, but like amazing. That's a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of people that love you. That is so awesome. Um, okay. I love that. I have some other questions that I can't let us go without touching on that. I'm so excited to ask you about. So one thing that I wasn't expecting to ask, but now I'm just so curious about is with your specific gift of kind of being able to see the orbs and people's angels and receiving messages, is this on all the time for you? Is there a way for you to turn it off or dim it down? Does it ever get exhausting? Like, are you seeing like 
you know, you go into the supermarket and there's 300 people in the supermarket. Is there like, like, what is that experience like for you? Or can you, or is there ways that you can kind of like turn it off and then really like turn it on when you need to? This has been a learning process for me. And, um, I love Teresa Caputo's show. I was a fan of yes. it like, since the beginning when it came out. Um, but I see a telltale sign in the, and she's exactly who she says she is. She has an amazing gift. But there is the very first episode where her daughter and her are in the supermarket. And there's a sign that they did not edit out, but they probably should have. Because you know she records like days on end to just have one episode um, where her daughter says in the supermarket, mom, we've been here, you know, like it's three hours, four hours. I don't remember what she said. It's hours on end. Can we finally go now? They had been recording, right? Like her going up to different folks in order to get the perfect segment for TV. And I think that there's a lot happening right now within all of these shows being on television and so much of humanity awakening to their gifts and a confusion of what is it really supposed to look like, be like. At the beginning, when I came into my gifts, when I would go to Subway or TJ Maxx or, you know, Aldi, um, there were times where I would go up to people and say, this is coming through. I would give them a card that gave them like a free session. And I said, listen, I don't want to make you cry on your job, but this is what's coming through. Um, the first time it happened, I was at Subway and this, you know, young high school kid was just sweetly making my sub. And his dad is like, would you please tell him this? Would you please tell him this? And so you don't think that, you know, like how could this young boy have lost his dad already in his life? But I said, you know, excuse me, can I bring this through? You know, your dad, is your dad on the other side? Yes. Um, he needs you to know this. And if you want to come in for more time, here's a, a card for a free session. Every time I gave out one of those cards, they always came in for the session. And um, it was just a nice way to be able to touch people's lives without kind of like hijacking their present moment um, and, and just kind of taking them into an energetic space that maybe they didn't want to be in in that moment. Um, as I kept going, I did learn that it becomes like a light switch. Once you know how the how to bring through messages, how it works, you can turn it on and turn it off. Um, and I have used that because it's nice within my friendships to just get to be a friend and not dig in or know that this is what's going on with somebody. Like, I don't really even want to know that. It would kind of like be um, as if a therapist was your friend and she's constantly like, trying to give you therapy. Yes. Yes. Like, like it just doesn't work. I just need friends and family members where I can just be me. And more so than that, I can make my own mistakes and I can fall and I can have people who are there to support me and I can have the right to my own humanness and evolution. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Oh my gosh. That I felt like I was going to cry <laughs> about the, the boy in subway with his dad on the other side. I'm like a fanatic with any psychic show. I'm like, I have to watch it. Yeah. I went to a psychic the first time in my life when I was like, uh, probably like 12 or 13 years old. Yeah. There's this place in, I believe it's in New York. Cause I'm from Buffalo and we drove a couple of hours to get there, but it's called Lilydale. Yep. Have you ever heard of it? Oh yeah. Okay. So it's this place called Lilydale and it's this whole community of psychics and mediums and intuitives. And they live all in this like big, like kind of like neighborhood. And basically you go there and you can just walk around all the streets and see all the psychic and mediums homes and offices and things and book a bunch of readings. And obviously people, different people specialize in different things. So it's like you, you go there for the ultimate like psychic experience. Right. And I went there with my mom and my grandmother 
And that's at the time I was a little girl. So, and I was just so curious about it, but I was like, I don't know what's going to happen because I don't really know anybody that's died, you know? Um, but I did, I, I saw a medium and I cried the entire time because anything that has to do with angels or the other side, or even this happens to me a lot of times if I like step into a church and I attend like a sermon of some kind, I don't know what happens to me, but I get so deeply emotionally moved by the connection that exists. I just bawled my eyes out the entire time during this reading. She told me some interesting things about, you know, the things that my angels were bringing forward that might unfold for me in my life at that point. You know, she said, you're going to date this. I see a a blonde boy. That's a football player. And I, I did later on have a boyfriend for many years in high school that that lined up with, but it was just so interesting. And I had like a dog that came through and, but they also, told me this one woman was like, you are very, you're very intuitive. Like you could be psychic. And she gave me all these like recommendations of books and things to like build my gift. But at the time, you know, I was like a kid, I didn't really like do the work to like lean into it that much. But I think about that a lot because I'm like, wow, over the years, I really have found ways to tap into my own claircognizance and my intuitive knowing. And it's, it's so interesting how you can, when you're open to it, you can turn it on in your life. And I think so many people listening to this podcast really want to connect to their intuition more. They want to feel like they have answers. There's so many of us that we struggle with indecision and doubting ourselves. And should I quit this job or should I go in this direction or should I move to the city or is this the right relationship for me? And we spend so much time outsourcing our power to other people and assuming that other people have, have the answers for us. So what would you say about the journey towards strengthening your own intuition or even receiving messages from your angels? How do we actually connect and feel like we're speaking to them and they're speaking back? Um, this kind of goes back to people like wanting to binge this like spiritual work, you know, binge spiritual courses, you have to marinate in it, you have to be willing to be patient and put in the time and effort that it takes to create this relationship. Um, I believe that they call it reading because it is a lot like physically reading, you're learning a, t- a different language. giving a reading, understanding your own intuition, being able to connect with loved ones or angels on the other side, you're learning a different language and how to speak it with the universe. And I don't think that anybody would, would hold the mentality that they could go in and learn Spanish, um, within two weeks, right? it doesn't work that way. You're going to need to take some classes and maybe like a first level class and then a second level class. If you go into it with the expectation that I'm here to learn a new language, I'm here to learn it because it's going to change my entire life. And when I say that, what I mean is when you can access your own intuition, you have the answer to any question that's going to come up for the rest of your life. And So if you invest in it and you say, my expectation is that I am going to learn a new language for as long as it takes, I'm willing to put in the work. It's going to come to you. I see a lot of students who hop into um, courses and just are like, well, I should be able to hear from my angels tomorrow, right? Or like today and just want it to come. It's a skill and you have to build the skill one at a time, just like reading. You need to learn your ABCs, then you need to learn how to take those ABCs, put them into words, and then put them into sentences and then paragraphs. And, um, you know, you start by reading, you know, Cat and Jack went up the hill. And by third or fourth grade, you can read Harry Potter. That's the same premise here. So um, I don't know if you offer any different courses. I don't want to step on your toes here if you teach people how to do this work. Um, but I have an angel membership where I teach people how to connect with their own intuition. And I have an angel Reiki school for those who are ready to become healers themselves and start their own businesses, um, where we certify people in three different areas, um, mediumship certification 
certification, angel messaging certification, and energy healing certification. And then there's a business training 101 that's in there too. That sounds like such magic. I love that. I know there's going to be women listening to this that are like, oh my God, I need that in my life. So thank you for sharing. That is so, so incredible. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a really good point for people to just have patience and compassion with themselves that they're learning a new language and connecting with their intuition or receiving these messages. Isn't something that they should just know how to do automatically, but it is something that you can learn. It's a skill that you build. It's kind of like a muscle. You know, I think a lot of times we do, we do receive an intuitive pain. We feel that something is the right answer. But when we choose to instead into the doubt, ask somebody else what they would do, and then maybe take what they've said and go in an opposite direction, we don't, we don't get the opportunity. We deny ourselves of the opportunity to actually strengthen the muscle of the intuition. In my experience, it's kind of like the more that you actually listen to it and you have the courage to follow it, the, the stronger it becomes and the easier it is to actually feel that and, and to trust it. Right. Cause at first it's just like, oh my God, well, I, maybe I, I feel like this is the right answer, but I don't know. But then it's like, if you, if you run with that, okay, so go with it and see what happens. You know, as long as it's not like a huge life altering decision, like start with small things, you know, of, of what, what do I want to eat off of this menu or which way do I want to turn down the street or practicing things like intuitive, intuitively guiding yourself in a new city or a new area and, and just exploring and, and seeing what happens when you trust yourself, it gets stronger in my experience, the more that you actually honor it it's like it can come online more because it knows that you're an, you're an open vessel for it and that you're willing to listen. I think you there's something on your Instagram that said like when you listen to your heart, you're hearing your angels speak to you. And maybe that's just another way for people to think about what it actually means to hear from your angels or how to start because we we hear things from our heart. We we're used to that kind of way of looking at it all the time. And then sometimes we just choose not to listen to it. hundred percent. Yes. And actually I'm writing a kid's book just about what you said, because we're starting a intuitive kids podcast um, to your point when you were talking about, you know, you're being you're 12 years old, you're at Lilydale and you're getting these readings and you're wanting to explore more. Um, we've had so many people write in that said, my kid has this gift and I don't know exactly what to do with it. So um, starting January 1st, 2023, we're launching the first podcast episode um, and it'll be called Intuitive Kids. <gasps> that is so cool. Oh my God. I love that so much. You know, a huge vision that I have for the world that I feel has been placed on me for a reason I don't know what my role is yet in it, but I've received the vision multiple times from spirit, which is this, this evolution and revolution of children's education and the system with which we raise our children to actually be more intuitive, to be more conscious, to be spiritually guided. So I love that you are doing some of that work in the world and you are kind of like part of that army of women that are like wanting to change the way that we educate our kids and, and helping them grow up in a world where they can trust themselves and that they know that these these powers are at play in their life and they can live in in a in a trusting faithful way rather than in a fearful way which is just so so incredible. So the last thing that that we have to talk about before we have to end is we can't finish this episode without talking about angel numbers because my audience knows me so well for my obsession with angel numbers and I don't even remember like how I started seeing them or when I started seeing them, but it's kind of one of those things when you open your consciousness to it, they are then everywhere. So in your experience, what is the deal with angel numbers? Like what is happening? Why are we seeing them all the time? What's going on? It is a huge way the angels are coming in to open, like crack open our consciousness. So I talked about earlier when my dad started coming through and I didn't realize he was on the other side. It was the first time that I recognized that there was my intuitive, like 
not my intuitive, um, my inner dialogue that you hear all day long. I call it the e egoic mind. It's just constantly chattering away at you. It was the first time that I had separated from that egoic mind and been the observer of my thoughts. And when you can break away and become the observer of your thoughts, it changes every single thing about your life. Because what you have to understand is your egoic mind really for 98, 99% of humanity runs their entire life. You have a thought, you have an emotion within you that causes you to take an action. And it's so subconscious you're just on autopilot all the time. What is that saying? Like the idea, uh, the definition of crazy is doing the same thing, but thinking you're going to get a different result. Yeah. There is 98 to 99% of humanity who is constantly allowing their egoic mind to run their entire life. When you step away from that, how do you break away and become the observer of your thoughts? You have to step out of your egoic mind. You have to break the pattern of thought. So the angel numbers come in in order to be the break in the thought. When you see 1111, um, 12, 21 sometimes, or patterns of numbers, or 444, four, four, or 222, whatever it might be, it breaks your line of egoic mind thinking. And you stop and you connect with your intuition for a second. And if they do that with you enough, you start to really understand what it feels like to be the observer of your thoughts instead of constantly thinking. And so you become more conscious, you become more aware, you become more present, you start to go deeper within. And this is how we talk a lot uh, in our industry about how we're awakening. This is how the angels are awakening humanity to come into their truth, to come into their purpose, to come into and return to God's energy, your soul's energy, your soul's voice. Mm. Oh, I love that explanation because it's so spot on. It really does. It, it provides that break in, yeah. in, in the ego mind and just, you know, you're, you're walking down the street, you're consumed by your thoughts, right? That your internal voice is just guiding your life. And then you see 444 on a license plate. And it's like this, this break where you have to pause and you're like, whoa, I'm being guided right now. Or, you know, my angels are, are telling me that I'm, I'm protected or whatever the interpretation is. I get a lot of people that are concerned with what does each number mean and needing to know the explanation of, I, I keep seeing three, three, three. What does that mean? What is, what the heck, what am I supposed to do with that? Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like in my experience, because I see so many angel numbers, if I were to really try and decipher and decode every single meaning of every single one, I'd be very busy and probably <laughs> a lot less productive in my life and in my business. So at this point, I really just take the, the meaning to be that, you know, my guides are there. My angels are communicating with me. I'm, you know, the, I'm on the right path. I'm guided. I'm supported. I just take it as this like positive little sign in my day of like, yep, just a little reminder of, of their presence. But what would you say to someone who's like, I need to know what it means. Like, what am I supposed to do about this now that I'm seeing them? Seeing angel numbers is an invitation from your angels to step into your intuition, step into connection with the other side. So when you see the angel numbers, and I get this can be a lot. I Sometimes I would sit down and record it and sometimes it would be like 33 times a day, 44 times a day. Um, but if you think of it as this is like your angels saying hello, we are inviting you to connect with us. And just for a split second, maybe 10 seconds, you ask two questions. Who's there and what do you want me to know? 
it brings you even deeper into your intuition. So all of us have 10 seconds when this happens to just say, who's there? Trust the first thing that comes to you. What do you want me to know? They will only bring through positive, loving information. So even if they say we're proud of you or keep going or you're being too hard on yourself, you need to ease up on yourself. Trust it. Whatever positive, loving information comes in, trust that. Mm, I love that. That's such a beautiful way to expand on our experience of seeing all these angel numbers and actually lean in and explore receiving further information from our angels or our guides. So I love that. I love that piece of wisdom. Who's there? And what do you want me to know? So good. Oh my God, Julie, this has been so amazing. Such a pleasure. I have like a thousand questions that we didn't get to that I would love to ask you. I could chat to you forever about all the spiritual stuff, but it's been such a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your wisdom with our audience. Um, you've mentioned a couple of, of things that you offer that people might be interested in, but if they want to find you and learn more about the work that you do or read your books, please let everybody know where they can best connect with you. Yeah, the book is over on Amazon. It's called Angels and Awakening, just like the title of the podcast. Um, if you go to theangelmedium.com, you'll find the Angel Reiki School where I teach people how to develop their gifts, start their own business, and the angel membership that really walks people into their own intuition, their own truth, really developing um, their clear hearing of their own in like inner wisdom. Mm, so good. All right. And we will link everything for you guys in the show notes, as well as Julie's Instagram so that you can go and follow her and go listen to the podcast. Thank you so much, Julie. It's been such a joy. If you guys loved this episode, please take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram stories, tag me and Julie so that we can reshare you and see who's listening to it and know that you loved it. Um, we can't wait to hear from you and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.